Welcome to the Shining Light Podcast. This is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no compromise with Eva Wyatt. And today we have a very, very interesting topic. In fact, this is something that we encounter uh, at least on a weekly basis, and that is Bible verses that are taken out of context (laughs) and misused specifically by who, Patrick? Who are these people who generally take these Bible verses out of context? Well, these are typically people that that claim to be Christians, and I think a lot of them are well-intended, but they've heard some of these Bible verses, they've heard it so often, it's kind of like Hitler said with the big lie, repeat it often enough and people will believe it. So that's what they do, and and they'll throw these out, that we're supposed to believe this way or that way. And um, you see the same verses coming up again, and and usually it's the same arguments. There's not much depth to the argument, they're just saying, well, this is what the Bible says, and you, you ask them, have you actually read both the verse you're referring to and the verses afterwards, or even other verses in the Bible that help to, to straighten things out? And of course, no. It becomes a point of personal honor in most instances, and they don't really want to talk beyond that. But today we want to help out people, apologetically speaking, and go over some of these more commonly used verses. And we're going to start with Matthew chapter 7. We're going to go over verse 1, and that's the one that people, they get that part. It's, it's verses 2 and 3 that they kind of skip. Yeah, so this is a big one right here. In fact, it's, uh, it, it's being kind of public in our views. Uh, I don't know if I'd quite say we're, we're public figures with this, but at least we're public in our views. Um, pe- <laughs> we're not publicans. We don't collect taxes, but we're right. public in our views. Right, and and people come up and they, they go and they say this all the time because the, the enemies of the cross like to use the Bible. Satan even shows himself as an angel of light sometimes. And they go and they like to use this, we're not supposed to judge. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Judge not, lest ye be judged. That sounds very biblical, actually. And, and of course it is. Matthew 7, 1. Okay, and wasn't that part of the Beatitudes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I mean, so, 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 how do people use this idea of judge not lest you be judged? Judge not that you be ju- not judged. Yeah, but well, typically, judge not. Judge, yeah, don't, don't judge. As soon as you start talking, I'm gonna try to say judge not again. Okay. Well, judge not. <laughs> and I got oh, oh, you're a you're a Pharisee. No, but you know. When you start talking today and you're discussing one of the, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. So uh, anything that's sin being pushed at the church, pushed in society, and you say, well, wait a minute, that's sin, that's wrong. Oh, we're not supposed to judge. So you're saying like abortion or, or homosexuality or it could be anything. It could be fornication. It could be anything fits, I guess. But typically it's more towards the homosexuality, abortion, the hot button political issues today. When you get into it and say, well, you know, as a Christian, the, the, this is wrong. Oh, you're judging that person. We're not supposed to judge. And they're, re- of course, referring to Matthew 7, 1, that, that passage. Right. Now, now, now here's the, the big issue. Well, there's, there's only about 52,000 things that are a big issue with this one. But the, the real big issue is, like Patrick said, these people generally haven't looked at their Bible. These people generally haven't read this passage. These people generally have no idea what is going on. And many of these people who actually use this verse are unsaved people trying to go and say, you're not acting Christian. I'm not a Christian, but you're saying you're a Christian. You're not acting Christian. Let me tell you about being a Christian. And the problem is, from a theological standpoint, they can't even understand the Word of God. Their eyes are darkened. They're not illumined to the Word of God. And they can't really have this understanding. And it very much shows in how they use this. Okay, judge not lest you be judged. They go and they quote 
uh, Matthew 7, 1. They don't even know it is Matthew 7, 1 either. I mean, they're just saying that's what I've heard. Right. Basically, the Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. And if you was to say, okay, where is that in the Bible? Then you'd be like this silence. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's in there. Yeah, it's it people, is in there, right? And some people can use Google enough that they <laughs> that they can find it once in a while. Yeah. Is what I found. Um, but let's read verses two and three. What do verses two and three say? For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged; and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Matthew seven two and three. So is this saying not to judge? Or is this saying not to judge in a specific way? That's the question. Yeah, and the whole and, and this why it's so important to read not just verses when people throw these out, but to read the surrounding verses for context, or read other verses that might refer to the same thing to give you more clarity. So what we're saying here when you read this is don't judge hypocritically. Now, by judging, of course, we're talking about is, is something right or wrong. If you're talking on the bigger issue of right or wrong, God has already judged these issues. What does the Bible say? Okay, God is the only one in position to judge. I don't have the authority. I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the morality. I'm a fallen, flawed human like everybody else. When God judges something right or wrong, that's what we're talking about, to say that this is right or this is wrong. What does the Bible say? What the Bible says is right. So when we say that, and let's, I say, I look at somebody and say, well, well, you're you're in adultery or you're in homosexuality. But me, myself, I'm also doing these sorts of things or similar. Maybe I'm at home looking at pornography all the time or something like that. So I have sexual sin in my life, but I'm trying to point out sexual sin in somebody else's life. What Jesus is saying here is first clear out the beam, which is bigger, Mm -hmm. out of your own eye. So then you can help your neighbor take, by comparison, maybe the speck out of theirs. Don't judge hypocritically. If you've got sin in your life, don't worry about your neighbor. That's something you need to clean up first. Right. It's, It's important that we understand this idea here. No scripture in the Bible justifies sin. What God says is sin is sin. This verse isn't sitting here saying, Oh, sin's okay because it's in somebody else's life and you can't say anything about the sin that's in their life. That, that's not what this verse is saying. Not at all. This verse is really getting at this idea of, just like Patrick was saying, take care of the beam in your own eye. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't go and do your own thing. Go and take care of yourself first. Confess that sin. Be a clinging vessel because that's the other thing. In the context of judging what we're talking about here, we're talking about judging rightly, going and telling somebody what's right and somebody what's wrong. And so when we're going and we're judging rightly, we're actually being used of God because we're encouraging people to become more like Christ. And as we're encouraging people to become more like Christ, we have to be a clean vessel, right? Oh, yeah. And the whole point, and we're not talking about being a perfect vessel. So if you're watching me long enough, you're going to see me stumble and fall. If that's what you're waiting for, I will not disappoint you. So, but I'm, I'm not wanting to live in a life of sin. What the Bible defines as sin, somebody says, so what do you think? Do you think that homosexuality is wrong? Well, quite frankly, that's the wrong question because what right. I think doesn't really matter. What does God think? And when God says that it's wrong or any other sin, it doesn't have to be that one, but this is one that, like I said, often comes up. This is what we hear when we, we talk about it, especially, again, as Sam said, from the, the pagans or the people that, that are not even Christian. They'll say, well, you're not supposed to judge. Well, they don't know the standard of the Bible. If they did, they would be Christians. And it brings up another good point. Why do we allow people that aren't even Christians to define to us what the Bible says and means? That doesn't make any sense to me. 
Right. I mean, that, that's just pure craziness. And, and by the way, the, the idea of how a Christian shouldn't judge, l- let me tell you, there is a way that a Christian shouldn't judge. A Christian shouldn't judge in a way that is bringing condemnation, as in the idea that you are condemning somebody, you are sentencing somebody. I can't judge anyone in that way. I don't have the power to do that. No. I don't have the power to go into to rave, raise my gavel and slam it down and say, you're wrong. But you know what I do have the power to do as a Christian? Hopefully help that person understand where they stand before God. Right. And that's the big thing to understand is that we're to go and we're not to, we're not judging, making up morality. We're not going and making up our own morality. What we're doing simply is reading the Bible, seeing what God has already judged. And then we are just repeating what God has said. That's not judging. Most of the time when people get all upset about this, we're not even talking about judgment. We're talking about the Bible says homosexuality is wrong. It says, I mean, we've got Sodom and Gomorrah. We've got uh, Jude 1.7 that talks about the strange flesh. We've got all these different things. Uh, You know, abortion's wrong because God created man in his own image. He said, thou shalt not kill. I mean, these are simple things. So this is... What is often, and sometimes even the word itself, what's called judgment is more discernment. Do you understand what the Bible says, yes or no? Right. And by the way, Patrick, do you make judgments in this sense, that idea of discernments or judgments? Mm-hmm. Do you make those every day? Yes, every day. Yeah. Um, what you're going to eat for breakfast? That yep. was a judgment, right? Yeah. Or two restaurants sitting side by side. If I'm going to eat at one of them, which one's it going to be? What right. will I wear today? What do I like? You know? Right. So, I mean, it's, it's just a ridiculous idea that people would say uh, Christians shouldn't judge in, in the sense of figuring out what's right and what's wrong because, or, or what's better or what's worse or, or, or something like that. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's not at all what the Bible teaches. No, in, in judgment, in using proper judgment is common sense. You would not put your kid in a dangerous situation when you have another choice, as an example. There's lots of things. I, I choose not to drive, you know, down the ditch or on the shoulder at 80 miles an hour. These a lot of this stuff's common sense, and people discern or judge every day. And you know what? In a lot of these instances, it doesn't mean anything. Where I eat doesn't matter, really. Okay, that's my choice. It's not like, okay, now I'm oppressing this other restaurant because I'm going to give business to this one. I mean, some people may think of it that way, and that's a sad state of the affairs of the world today. But there's a lot of stuff that really doesn't matter. What Your preference, you don't have to justify it to anybody. But what does matter is what God says. And what we're talking about here is we're not telling you this stuff because we got nothing better to do. We're telling people these things because as Christians, we're called to do that. If we understand that, what the penalty for sin is, which is death and eternal separation from God. And we also understand that people have the gift of salvation offered through Jesus Christ, but you have to accept that salvation, repent, and, and, and turn from it. You're not going to repent from something that you don't feel is wrong. Right. And, and that's the thing. Our, we believe as Christians, and if you're a Christian, you ought to believe this. In fact, if you don't believe this, I think there might be some question as to whether or not you're a Christian, because I think you do have to have some semblance of biblical authority in your life to be a Christian, or you didn't really believe in Christ, or at least you will eventually get there. But the, the issue is here, do we believe that what the Bible teaches is the best way to live? The answer should be yes as a Christian. In what part of your life, though? In every part of your life. Oh, not just not just like at church. Not just at church, but your whole life. So, as we talked, I think last last time on podcast, God's looking for full time. A true Christian is a full time commitment. It's not a right. part time thing you do once in a while. 
and somehow that works or time given allows you to do the other things you actually want to do. That's right. And, and so we look at this idea, the way that Christ designs our, for us to live, the way that God designs for us to live is the best way. So when people are living outside of those bounds, is it more or less loving to tell them that they are outside of the best way to live? It's loving to, to show that tough love that you actually do love them. Because we're talking about the difference between soothing somebody's feelings, because we're in a society and world of feelings now. All my feelings have to be mad. I'm so fragile. Or their soul, which is eternal. The feelings come and go. I mean, happy, sad, this sort of thing. Not saying we're trying to hurt anybody's feelings. We're not trying to be Westboro Baptist when it comes to this. So tone is important, too. As Sam right. earlier said, we're not attacking people personally. We're talking about choices or sin that they're caught up in that they need to be made aware of. And especially today when there's so many people saying, well, the Bible says we're not supposed to judge. Or the Bible, some will even say, well, it's okay with this because love covers everything. That is not a loving thing to do. That, in fact, is not only putting them in peril, it's putting you in peril for, for encouraging these people to remain in a sin that's going to lead to their damnation. Right. And that's, that's a big, big issue. So far today on the Shining Light Podcast, we've been looking at... Bible verses that are taken out of context, that are misused specifically, generally by those who are enemies of the cross. And they're misused, um, and the one that we've looked at so far is Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, where it says, Judge not that ye be not judged, judge not le uh, lest ye be judged. Uh, and <laughs> oh man, my, my tongue's tied up. That's not good. That's a King James stuff. I throw that in there just to right. mess you up. Yes, yeah. But but if you're if you're enjoying, boy, now I forgot what I was doing here. <laughs> We're podcasting, right? If you've been enjoying the podcast uh, so far, you can find more at theshininglightministries.com. Once again, that's theshininglightministries.com. And go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes by typing in The Shining Light Podcast in your iTunes search or Google Podcast. And you can also find us, interestingly, at SoundCloud and another place that I can't remember what it's called. That's because I don't really use that one. I use iTunes. But you can find us also on SoundCloud by looking at Gatekeepers Online. How's that for a promo? Let me tell you, that's called a butchered promo, but that's okay. We're still going to move forward, and we're not going to edit this out because that's way too much work. Yeah, and it so, encourages people to do their own research, too. You should research stuff yourself sometimes. Yeah. I don't <laughs> that's have, the best I could come up with to say. But <laughs> I got no idea where he's going with that one, but but it's true. You should research. <laughs> you know? We don't, well, there's one other Bible verse on what we we're just talking about, and that's in Luke 12, 57. There's others, but just for clarity, Jesus saying, Yea, and why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? So Jesus is saying, never judge ever. I heard that right? He's saying, why don't you, when you judge, why don't you judge what is right? In fact, there's other verses too. Uh, wait. I, I, I didn't, I, we didn't do these other verses. You, you but mean, we're just, wait, wait, J Jesus said that? The same Jesus that was talking in the Beatitudes is the same Jesus talking in Luke, yeah. No. No, no Jesus would never tell us to judge. And we're actually supposed to discern that which is between good and evil. Yeah. This is, see, now this is Christians. This is not optional. Or this is not a suggestion. This is what we're commanded to do, to be an effective witness for Christ and to lead people towards Jesus Christ. We have to know the difference. God spent a whole lot of time in the Bible telling us the moral differences between right and wrong, making that declaration. If it was unnecessary, he wouldn't have put them in there. 
That's right. This is very important for us to understand. And I, and I know I'm being a little bit silly here and a little bit facetious in, in how I'm presenting this, but understand this is really serious uh, when it comes to the Word of God. And, and this is something that's, that that's, we need to understand. God tells us to judge. He doesn't tell us to condemn others, but he does tell us to judge. He tells us to judge what is right, and that means saying what is wrong. And if we really love our brother in Christ or a sinner that doesn't know Christ yet, we have to tell them what's wrong. We have to tell them that they're living outside of God's will. And the wonderful thing about this is when we tell them that they're living outside of God's will, what can happen in their life is they can see that, and then they can change their life to become more like Christ. Isn't that wonderful? It is wonderful. And, and they may choose not to do that, right? That's their choice. Um, even though the Bible is, is explicit in telling us what sin is, somehow people think that we're not supposed to know what it is. Like, how can you not? I mean, you, you'll say, what does the Bible say right here? And they'll go, okay, yeah, it says this. Then how come if you know what it says that you're not willing to go ahead and say what it says when a given situation comes up? And, and that's what kind of... It's, but this is giving into the world again. This is this is worldly theology. This is culture intruding into the church, and people, quite frankly, not spend the time to read their Bible to what to know what it says. You have to spend time in the Bible. You can't just pick up and go, oh, there it is. Okay. The more you under, the more you read it, the more understanding you're going to get. The what do we call? It? You're going to be. What's the word I'm looking for? Help, I'm not, help me with my word. <laughs> I have to. No, you're going to be more mature in your faith. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, there's also some other passages of Scripture that people use. Uh, another passage is found in John chapter 8. And what is that one about, Patrick? Well, you know, when you, again, when you're talking about, say, well, you know, homosexuality is wrong, and they go, well, let he without sin cast the first stone. And this, of course, refers to the it, adulterous caught in the act of in sin in John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11. And by the way, they don't just say this uh, when it when it comes to uh, homosexuality. That's that's just one that is very very polarizing. I would say. Yeah. Um, but they say this towards all kinds of things. Yeah. This one's a, this um, one's kind of a general fits everything. Right. Th- this idea of whenever you're speaking against any kind of sin, they'll go and they'll say, "Hey, he who's without sin, cast the first stone." And the idea that we're not supposed to speak out against sin. Now, that's ridiculous if you have any context of the Bible as a whole, okay? The Bible as a whole speaks out against sin all the time. I mean, it is, it, the Apostle Paul gives tons and tons and tons of lists of sins. Uh, and he goes and he also isolates other sins because some people like to also go and say, you can't speak out against sin unless you're given a big list. And I'm going, that's, that's, not, <laughs> yeah. that's not the principle there. That's terrible hermeneutics. But nonetheless here, let's, let's kind of look at the context once again of John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11. And do we have them all here on our notes or do I need to look this no, up? No, I got them all on here. Okay. Um, so we'll start out and it says, And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him, which is Jesus, a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this one was taken in adultery. In the very act. Okay. So the question is, was the woman caught in adultery? She didn't dispute it. Right. Christ, who's God incarnate in man, he didn't dispute it either. Uh, so there was no way they're saying she wasn't caught in, in adultery. So there was no dispute of the fact that she was, in fact, caught in adultery. Now moving to uh, verse 5. Now Moses, now this is them talking. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? 
So these, these people brought this woman to Jesus saying, here she is caught in adultery. The law of Moses said that she should be stoned. What do you say? So the question is, was adultery a sin punishable by death? Well, that's a uh, complex question, actually, to answer in the context of, of this the scripture. Because yes, according to Mosaic law, it was. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. They're not living in Israel as in Israel the nation. You mean the Romans had something to say? They're living in Rome. Oh, wow. And of course, uh, Romans didn't really care about adultery. In fact, they yep. kind of promulgated it quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of big with them. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, yeah. But, but here's, and, and this is where they were trying to get Jesus in trouble, because basically they're trying to say, if he says yes, we're going to go turn him into the Romans. If he says no, we're going to say, you are against the law of Moses. You're not a true Jew. That's kind of what their, their big setup was. This was the, 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 the big trap that they had for Jesus. Well, it's also interesting since they were referring to Mosaic Law. Let's go ahead and read that passage in Leviticus 20.10 that deals with adultery. And it goes, And the man that committed adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Question. They brought the woman who was found committing adultery to Jesus to be stoned. Where was the man? Yeah, where, where was the man? And, and let me draw a little bit of a more vivid picture because uh, this is very clear that she was caught in the act, is what it says. She was caught in the act. And, and that was why, I mean, this is why it was damnable evidence. And so they bring her out, probably from the act. They probably threw a naked woman at Jesus' feet, okay? Like, that's that's probably what is going on here. It, I mean, we can't say that for sure, but that's, that's how, as the text is reading, that's what it seems to be going on. Now, can you just imagine this whole thing? They throw this naked woman down, and, and they say, hey, should we kill her or not? She was caught in adultery. Now, if they caught her in adultery... Now, there's multiple witnesses, too, so it was verified. You know, they had two to three witnesses minimum. They had a lot more than that. Right, but it's not just, as you're pointing out, and I believe this is where you're going with it, yep. it's not just her that was supposed to die then, it was also then the man. That's what the law says. Both of them are to be put to death. You can't put one to death and not put the other to death. That would not be justice. Justice would be that both would be put to death by Mosaic law. Right. Should we continue with the passage? Yeah. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Now we don't know what he's writing, but he's writing something. And they which heard it, being convicted of their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst." When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw that none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those that accuse thee? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Did Jesus say that the adultery was no longer sin? Nope. No, he actually said, Now go and sin no more. So therefore it was still sin. The condemnation that, that, that we hear sometimes that he was talking about, the throwing of the first stone was literally about executing the woman, not about calling her sin, uh, her behavior sinful, which it certainly was. But this is the point is, well, well, you're not supposed to condemn anybody. You're not supposed to cast the first stone. When you're talking to somebody and saying this is wrong, this is a sin or whatever, oh, there you are casting the first stone. 
Saying something wrong is not the same as in this instance, this woman literally was about to be executed. Right. And, and here, Jesus said he didn't condemn her, right? That meaning condemning to death. Right. And, and here's the kind of the big issues, or a few other big issues that I see with this, this passage and how they use this. They're not really understanding the context of what was going on. Now, we don't know what Jesus was writing in the ground, and so I'm not going to speculate about that, but whatever he was writing on the ground, it's very evident that it was convicting mm-hmm. towards those people. That is that is what we know. They got convicted and they left to the accusers. This sounds to me, if I'm going to draw a conclusion, this sounds to me like this is tied directly to the judge not lest you be judged verse, mm-hmm. and it's talking about judge not with a beam in your eye. Yep. Do you think that it's possible, and I, like I said, I don't want to speculate, but it's very possible that these, these people who brought the, the, the adulterous lady to Jesus, that they might have had some mistresses, or that they had sins that they had not taken care of. Maybe Jesus was writing down there, I know I said I wasn't going to speculate, but here I go. Uh, <laughs> that, that maybe Jesus was going and writing down the people that they had lusted after. We, we don't know what it was. But Jesus was writing something in the sand that convicted them. And this is, this is the whole point. Jesus sat there quietly without a word, went and diffused the situation, which was an incredible, incredible feat, what Jesus did. And he's, and he's sitting there and he's doing that. Uh, maybe he was just simply writing down the law and was saying, well, where's the adulterer? You know, where's the, the man mm-hmm. that she was committing adultery with? Where, where is that guy? We don't know. But nonetheless, this isn't about the idea of casting a stone as in saying something's wrong. These people weren't simply asking, was adultery wrong? They were asking, is adultery punishable by death? That's what they were asking. Yeah, it's, but it gets twisted in, in the modern day when people use that is somehow that even saying that something is wrong is the same as uh, sentencing this woman to death by stoning, which it obviously isn't. So it's completely taken out of context. But again, this is one that's used so often that people hear it so often, it must be effective. And, and the sad thing is, we're doing this podcast because this does trip up Christians sometimes they're not maybe used or they're, they're kind of new to this. Not How do I respond to this? So this, this sort of apologetics we're talking about that we've run across on several occasions and, can, and you try to help people out. When you're, when you're doing this sort of thing, don't do it in a snarky manner. State this as Jesus did. And, you know, this is what it means. This is what it says. And this is why we do this podcast and all of our podcasts is to try to be of help to people because we know you're running into situations. This, this particular podcast we're doing now was suggested to us by by one of our uh, viewers listeners that had run across this and suggested this as a topic and i thought it's a wonderful topic and so did you right and and plus after you share our podcast on facebook or or twitter or i about said twitter but twitter or (laughs) whatever it is that you go and share your podcast on emailing it to a friend you're probably going to get some of these responses back and so you do need to be prepared and and let me just give you or both Patrick and Chime in too. Uh, let us give you just a couple quick things. Remember, Patrick already said one, don't answer in a snarky way. I often fail on that, and I have to repent of that and ask for forgiveness once in a while. Don't answer people in anger either is another yep, one. That's a great one. In fact, especially on Facebook, guess what? You don't have to respond right now. If it's, if it's got you mad the way something was said to you, 
let it sit for 20 or 30 minutes. Go do something else. Go let yourself calm down a little bit. Think about how you're going to say it, and I guarantee you your response is going to be better than what that initial knee-jerk reaction would be. Right, and if it gets you really, really upset, just remember, don't cast your pearls before swine, and it's okay not to answer. In fact, and throw a rock at the swine. Hit him with the first stone. How no, do you know what that, I'm that's, thinking? That's not biblical. Oh. No. Well, hopefully you've uh, enjoyed this podcast, and hopefully you've learned a lot about how to respond to these things in the actual context of the verses. But for the Shining Light Podcast, this is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no compromise with Evil Wyatt. Have a great day. You hear him talking about-